Hi, I hope you had a great Christmas and you're ready for 2021. The next three episodes are going to be a little different. And that is because I had the opportunity to be with two of our our daughters. In fact, they were the two older daughters, Allison and Lauren, and I interviewed them. And it's going to be broken up into three episodes. The first one pretty much is going to talk about their childhood and some of the traditions that they mentioned, that they remember. Now, in the process of getting this started, I had in my mind that this was going to be very professional and we were going to sit back and I would ask them these questions. Well, from the very beginning, you're going to see that it turned out to be a good time, which is really good, but I think you'll get some good information from this. Okay, sit back, relax, and get ready for this first episode with Allison and Lauren. Hello, welcome to the Purposeful Parenting Podcast. I'm Harriet Rowe wife and mother of four adult children, three girls and one boy, all graduates of the United States Military Academy at West Point. Grab a cup of tea or coffee, get cozy, and take in your weekly dose of purposeful parenting. Here we go. I can answer. Okay. Hey, this is um, an unusual time because it's been a long time since we've really been together, especially since I've started this podcast. And I just thought it would be kind of uh, fun to get us together and ask you some questions about your childhood. And we want to hear, I'm sure the listeners want to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly of uh, you all being raised up in the Roe household. So how about uh, Allison as the oldest? How about you start? (laughs) Start with what? (laughs) Where do you Okay, tell us your position in the family. So I'm the oldest of four. Um, I have two younger sisters, Lauren and Kirsten, and a younger brother. And Lauren is like three and a half, four years younger than I am. Uh, Let's see, Kirsten is two years younger than her, and Dennis is two years younger. So there's like seven years between my brother and I. Okay, I know we sit around a lot of times and we're talking and and laughing about what it was like when... uh, With you being the oldest, was there any special feelings that you had being the oldest? Or did you just sort of, (laughs) gosh, you should not have had that wine. No, this is so real. This is like real life. So any special feelings? Yeah, was there any, when you think back to when you were growing up, is there anything that stands out in your mind as far as your being the oldest? Did you feel like there were things that you had to do that, say, Lauren didn't have to do? Or I kind of had this feeling like I had to take care of people. Yeah. Yeah. And in what way? Well, that 
I don't want to say like they were in my charge, but like I felt like I had to protect people and keep uh-huh. people safe and watch out for them. And not that you guys weren't doing anything as mm-hmm. parents, but that I just, I think I kind of took up that role yeah. of, I think about the time when even in college, when I was trying to find the person at West Point who like messed with Lauren mm-hmm. and she refused to tell me their name because <laughs> she knew I was going to go get them. Yeah. And she didn't want to feel what, like the backlash. I don't know. I kind of remember that. Lauren, do you feel or remember any of that when you were growing up of Allison being protective? Well, okay. So when I think back on my childhood, and I think I mentioned this to you before, and I think a lot of people probably don't spend a lot of time analyzing their childhood. And so my childhood is set in the memory and the understanding of a child, you know, as a, you know, six-year-old, seven-year-old you know, 10 year old. And so my understanding of things that were happening back then are through the eyes of a child. Cause mm-hmm. I haven't spent a lot of time analyzing it. Mm-hmm. So when Allison, I'm sure that she felt like she was protecting people, but a lot of times as the person being protected, right. Next, right or right. <laughs> being protected. It often felt like we were being bossed around. Like it felt bossy. <laughs> like she was just telling us what to do. Um, you know, she, it was always like her way. I remember when we would get back from like a long road trip or something, she'd say, everybody needs to pick up five pieces of trash. If you don't, if you get out of this, this car and you don't have five pieces of trash, you're going to be in trouble. And, and I when think- I think back on it now, I'm like, what authority did she have to like get us in trouble? And I remember Dennis Kirsten and I would sit in the car, we'd find one piece of trash and we'd rip it into five different pieces. <laughs> And then, like, say, present it to her and say, here are five pieces. Um, So, yeah, so, you know, different perspectives. She saw it as, like, trying to protect and nurture. And I'm sure there was that feeling there, too, that I had. But sometimes it it Mm did come off as kind of being overbearing and, 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 like, bossy. (laughs) Did you feel like you had to protect Dennis and Kirsten? No, I didn't have a sense of, like, I needed to, that I can think of right now. Like, thinking back on it, it, that's not, like, an overwhelming feeling I had. I think a feeling I had is sometimes I felt like I was always in the mix of whatever was going on. You know, if something happened and someone was getting trouble, I was always somehow (laughs) involved, either myself getting in trouble or the instigator, you know, or the receiving end of it. It was always like in the mix of whatever Mm -hmm. was happening. I guess since there were four of us, there wasn't like a true middle, but I guess, did you ever feel like it sounds like kind of middle-ish? Yeah, I mean, I I was the only one who was ever a true middle child. When you think about it, when you yeah, ever was ever a true middle child. Oh, ever a true when, middle child before Dennis before came. Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, and there's certainly some some s- characteristics of that middle child, which is really interesting. Yeah, Allison, tell the listeners something about what you're doing now today, as far as where. Uh, once you graduated from high school and what you did. and So uh, I think it was Owen or Colin asked me the other day, what do you do? <laughs> I said, well, uh, I don't work outside of the home. <laughs> I feel, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, so I have a podcast, uh, Doc Talk, Venturing Beyond a Master's. We focus on talking to people who are either interested in or in the middle of or um, 
post doctoral studies and hear their story, their journey, what they did, what they studied. Um, so I do that right now. Uh, what else do I do? I, I guess you could say I'm a stay at home mom, but I, the kids don't take a bus. So I drive them every day. Well, there's no bus to take from where we live. So I drive them every day. And I, it was funny because a couple, what was it? A couple, a few weeks ago, I added up when Vince isn't, wasn't here. I was like, man, I'm driving a lot, but usually it's not bad because I'm listening to something on the radio or a podcast or I'm a, a book on audible. Um, and I added up, I'm like, oh my gosh, besides other places that I go, I'm actually driving like 84 hours. It's 21 miles, roughly one way. I'm like driving 84 hour, 84 miles a day. Um, and that can kind of wear on you after a while, but the school they go to is totally, it's worth it um, where they are. So what else am I doing? I'm an army reservist. Um, How about backing up a bit and saying when you graduated from high school, what did you do? And that brought you to this point now? Oh, so when I graduated from high school, I uh, attended, well, I was accepted. I applied to and was accepted to um, the Naval, well, actually several prep school, prep schools for um, service academies. And at the last minute, the Naval Academy told me to come straight in. And it was kind of like, where do I want to go? Do I really want to go to a prep school or do I want to go to directly into an academy? And ultimately, I decided I wanted to attend West Point. So I spent a year at the West Point Prep School at Fort Monmouth, New Jersey. From there, matriculated from that and then went to West Point for four years. And then after four years in 2001, I was commissioned as an officer in the United States Army in the Intelligence Corps. So military intelligence uh, area, uh, oh gosh, I almost said area of study, military intelligence. And I served on active duty for 10 years and three days. And since then, since 2011, I've been on re- in reserve status, a couple mm-hmm. of different reserve statuses. Okay. So. And I know at one point you and Lauren both were in Iraq at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I know that's... So, Lauren, how about if you give us some idea of from high school until now, what you've done and where you are? Yeah, so after high school, I uh, went to the United States Military Academy at West Point and did four years there. Um, When I graduated from there, I chose military police as my branch. And so I spent about six months at... um, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, going through the officer basic course for military police. And um, it was, gosh, a, the end of office, the OBC course was in November of 2003. And so that was just around, the, just right before Thanksgiving. And I remember getting my letter from my unit that I was going to be um, joining after I graduated and said, hey, congratulations, Lieutenant Rowe. We're looking really looking forward to you joining our unit. We're going to allow you to have um, the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas with your family. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of t- 2004, we want you on a plane over to Iraq where you're going to meet your first platoon in Sadr City, Iraq. So at that point, everything got really real. And it was like, oh, my goodness, in a couple you know, short weeks, I'm going to be on a plane over to Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was able to have Christmas in Virginia. And then January 10th, 2004, I was on a plane over to Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first of three deployments that I did. 
total of two and a half years spent in Iraq, if you add up all the, the time there. And um, after those those deployments, I t- decided to get out of the Army. So I was in for about six years and then joined ExxonMobil, um, which brought me to Houston, Texas area, and I've been with ExxonMobil since. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have how many kids? I have four children. Um, Colin, who's 11, Owen, who's nine, Neva, who is six, and Evan, who is four. Okay. And Allison, you didn't mention your kids, could you? Oh, yeah. So I have Brennan Piper. They're both nine. They're twins. And Jordan, she's three. And speaking about kids, how about talking about some of the values that you had that you found as you were growing up that has carried you through some of the things that you've, uh, some of the challenges that you've had. Holy smokes. Do you want to answer that question first (laughs) for yourself? Oh my gosh. Okay. Wait a second. Can you ask that again? Yeah. Okay. As we all have different values that have carried us through certain things, things that we cling to when there are challenges and things that we tend to even impart on our own children. So I'm just wondering, is there anything in particular that you would fall back on even now and things that you want your own children to fall back on? I'll, I'll take that one, Allison, mm-hmm. if you want. Um, oh, do you have an answer? Yeah. I, I, I was just kind of thinking about, I was trying to think about... Um, in terms of somebody else asked me a question the other day for her, her podcast actually about things that kids struggle with in school, mm-hmm. um, whether it's friendships or whatever. And I've been thinking of just some of the things that have come up, um, you know, just standing firm in what you believe and what you know to be true, despite what other people might tell you people outside of your family or even people in your family who might tell you that you're wrong. But, um, Standing, holding true to your convictions, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. don't back down when you know you're right. Mm -hmm. And especially if it comes to, you know, somebody, oh, someone's mistreating somebody, but this is how I responded. And that's great. You responded, you know, you kind of applaud the way that you've, the child has described how they responded. And you're like, man, that's pretty awesome. They, uh, you know, thinking this to myself, that's, I can't think of a specific example, but thinking about like, wow, they, they stuck to their guns. They knew what the difference between right and wrong and that um, they went with their conviction about what, what I believe would have even been the right answer mm-hmm. versus, you know, going along with the crew. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I yeah. can't, that's not very um, detailed, but it just kind of came to mind. Lauren. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I've, I try to impart, on my children. I think it's helpful that James also has the same, my husband James also has the same um, opinion is that, you know, friends come and go, but your family is your family and they're going to be with you. Um, No matter how, like how annoying they could be at times or how like you could like get into it and fight, but there's always that, that family kind of loyalty and you have each other's back. Um, And so I try to, you know, try to, you know, find that balance because mm. you want your children to be social. You want them to have friends and be able to make friendships and, you know, mm. understand how to do that outside of a, a family. That's really important. It's important to have that social um, intelligence. 
and in that social structure there, but it's always important that your family comes first. So mm-hmm. especially two older boys where sometimes they get into it and it's like, yeah, you can, but when you are outside and you, you are with yeah. your friends, you stick up for each other. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like you stick up for each other. Yeah. And I, I remember, I remember, I'll just tell you a quick story. This was, it was a couple of years ago, but we were in, in an indoor play area and, um, Owen, Neva was a baby and, and Owen was, he was maybe four, five. So Colin was a couple years older than that, maybe six. Um, and they were playing and a little boy, uh, came over and like shoved Colin and Owen, the younger, younger brother, got in that little boy's face and says, you don't push my brush. <laughs> and, and so, like, any opportunity, we see that. You know, it was good that he stood up for stood up for Colin and, you know, and, and had his back. And so we try to make sure we reinforce that yeah. when we see that. I think I want to kind of dovetail on that. That's a great point because I think about with Brennan Piper. So they're twins, exact same age, exact same grade two girls and for a while they were in a school where they only had one class, but we'd prefer one class per grade. Um, but before that, like in childcare or preschool, we had them in separate classes when it was possible. And that's how we want it now. Like they're, they've never been in the same, you know, first, second, third or fourth grade class. We keep them separate they, so they can have their own individual. Um, they're different people, so they can be in different, you know, mm-hmm. different areas and, social settings and things. But what's, I think what's really neat that you pointed out is that I found the same thing for them. Even when they were tiny, when we were, I remember when we were in Korea, the child care workers at the child development center were like, they are always backing each other up. Even when they were tiny, like if somebody takes a toy from one of them, the other one says no, <laughs> like, <laughs> and make sure that the other one gets it back. So yeah. um, I thought that was kind of cool. And then also now just being in fourth grade, um, you know, one will get an invite, like it, it was actually on my messenger. So, you know, you have kids messenger and you can see who the kids have been talking to or whatever. Well, they have this little group. And I remember a couple weeks ago, someone thought Piper had found some slime or something and she wanted to give it, um, figure out whose slime it was. But every day when nobody answered, she just put it in her bag and bring it home and then take it back the next day and answer. Well, someone accused Piper of stealing it. And Bryn was like, Piper was like, I didn't, mommy, I didn't take it. I found it. And I just kept, you know, I kept giving it like checking to see whose it was. And Bryn was like, yeah, she was, but so-and-so thinks that, you know, she took it on purpose. And I said, well, Bryn, you need to make sure that you stand up for her and that you let people know that that's not what happened, you know, um, since you know, that's the case. And sure enough, it popped up on my thing and Bryn had done it in person, but on the kid's messenger, I saw where Bryn had written, well, you know, that really wasn't her who did that. She was checking to make sure whoever, like, Mm. she was checking. It was just confirmation. Like, Bryn was reinforcing um, the fact that Piper was trying to help people and hadn't taken it and was trying to figure out who it belonged to. And I looked and I'm like, oh, Bryn actually said that in the group of girls. Like, backing, you know, backing her sister up and saying... She didn't do that. Like, she actually was trying to help, just so you know. Yeah, that's that's really good to hear from both of you, because on a couple of my podcasts, I had mentioned that very thing, that Daddy and I always try to stress between with all four of you that 
family is always going to be there and you have to make sure. And I can remember, Lauren, there were times when you would say, I don't have any friends. I don't have any friends because your friends would go over to the um, to the mall and hang out. And the thing was, we were always involved in other activities with you all, much like you are now, the both of you with your kids. If there's a soccer game for one of your children, all of the kids go to cheer them on. So that's mm. that's something that I've pointed out, and that's something that's really kind of neat to hear that you all are carry the same thing. Obviously, I've seen it, but it's good for the listeners to hear that that's been picked up on too. I think uh, something that's kind of neat, and once again, I can't think of a specific example, but I know there have been times where I've shown up somewhere and it's a it's a function for the kids, and people are excited to see me. I'm like. That's so cool because it reminds me of when mommy and daddy used to come to our like band things or marching band and be in the stands and people were like, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Rowe, hey, you know, it was like, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't uncool for you guys to be there. Hmm. But I know for some people, they'd probably be like, oh, my parents are here, <laughs> you know, yeah. like all my friends knew you guys, they would say hi, they'd hang out. But I remember feeling so like special and proud that I was, you know, that as a parent, the other kids looked forward to seeing me. Yeah. It was kind of cool. I don't know how I did that. (laughs) Okay. Here, this is the time of year. There are a lot of traditions that are going on. And that's something that I think is really neat. Lauren, what about any of the traditions that we had that maybe you were carrying on over into your family or even traditions that you have started. Or Allison, how about you? Um, okay, so, um, well, I think an easy one, like for Christmas, because we all kind of try to do Christmas together anyway, was you used to buy us pajamas. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you used to buy us pajamas, and that would be the gift that we'd open the night before Christmas. And we'd wear those and then get up. And that's just been something that we continue to do Um because how it's, it's changed though, because I don't do all the buying. I remember yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. at one point I thought, oh no, this can't, I can't keep doing this. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, when we had our own children, we started buying for them. Yeah. And you guys stopped buying pajamas for us. And you also, yeah, we'd switch <laughs> names. Right. So we started, names. yeah, started doing like a, our, like you and daddy and our immediate family, we would, exchange names with our spouses and brother and brothers and sister-in-law. Um, and then of course, one that we've always done has been the, the happy birthday, Jesus cake celebrating, um, acknowledging the birth with a physical, like a cake, something tangible that we can look to. Yeah. I think, you know, growing up, we never had Christmases with extended family. Like we never went to go travel to see anyone. And but this past couple of years, when people are, have been in the mm. in the states, have been able to get together. So that's something very different. Yeah. Where like our, our our kids get to spend all this time with cousins, and while we saw them in the summers occasionally, we didn't spend a lot of time with with our cousins. So it's kind of cool mm. that they get that. Yeah, to get to see their grandparents and everything else. So yeah. it's kind of giving up that immediate <clears throat> nuclear family time for the holiday, but including you know the extended, extended family. family in it. So it's a little different, but it's an experience that they have that we, we didn't, didn't have. have. Yeah, and I remember most of ours was I remember spending summers in. I know this is kind of not 
Christmas oriented, but summers with our cousins. Like mm-hmm. I remember, I mean, we, the summers would be the time we'd go to Ohio, the summer Cincinnati, the summers would be when we go visit Nana and Grandpa, or even Nana and Grandpa's after Christmas. Cause I remember them having their Christmas tree up still and mm-hmm. everything um, in Philadelphia. But yeah, we didn't, it wasn't always like a big travel during Christmas. But the cool one was when we all got in Japan. We all went to Japan. Everybody was there. Yeah, Everybody who was funny. born was there. <laughs> was there. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Purposeful Parenting. For more tips on parenting, or if you would like to reach out, please visit me on HarrietRow.com and follow me on Facebook, Harriet Rowe. That's Harriet with two T's. I look forward to grabbing a cup of tea or coffee with you next week. Feel free to invite a friend. Until then, this is Harriet Rowe reminding you to parent on purpose.